Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla. Alex Regler with you on a Tuesday. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Staying cool out there? Trying, man. It's It's been triple <laughs> digits for the last, like, month over yeah. here. It's been pretty uh, – so I was down in Mexico, and it was hot as balls down there, dude, like mm-hmm. muggy. I went through my first hurricane. I don't think it was a hurricane, but I called it one because I've never experienced wind, thunder, lightning, and rain like that before in my life, and it was gnarly. Uh, but it is so hot in Southern California. It is full on. I know – are you getting ready to go back to school too? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going back this Monday – um, so I'm not, not looking forward to it, but it's always like back to school is always like also coincides with like the hottest part yeah, of the year. It exactly. Like it's just double whammy. I remember when I was at San Diego state, the first couple, the August and September every month was like the worst. Cause it's the, the campus is kind of hilly. Mm-hmm. So sometimes parking, you'd have to literally scale a mountain to get to the university. And I learned, I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to class today. Like, it's just not, I'm going to get to class drenched in sweat and i'm not going to pay attention because all i think about is how sweaty i am so it's not even worth it like so i know what you're talking about man those august september months are brutal you weren't one of those people who had like scooter like a razor they weren't really around at the time man i mean as before i know nowadays but no i was it was all foot it was it was foot (laughs) and hats and just survive but anyways man there's a lot going on good luck to you going back to class next week uh there's there's not a lot going on but there is obviously with the Kevin Durant news that Anthony covered brilliantly here uh, the last two days, there's obviously going to be fallout from that. And there's two conflicting reports today that has to do with Kyrie Irving, which I think we're focused on here in Lakerland. Um, Lakers still have Russell Westbrook on the team. By the way, Russell Westbrook just like tooting his own horn on his likes on Twitter. Have you seen that? I, I've seen the last one with the uh, stats one. So the last one, uh, he also liked one from Stat Muse on August 2nd, where it said in 2000, in the 2010s, Russell Westbrook was top five in points, assists, steals, wins, double doubles, triple doubles, and had the most rebounds by any guard. <laughs> yeah. And then like Hoops Hype did a projection where they placed the top point guards in the tier. Like Russell Westbrook only likes stuff about Russell Westbrook on his Twitter. That is hilarious. And it's usually like, again, maybe this speaks to Russell Westbrook, the player, but it always all uh, revolves around his stats, right? Yes. It's never. Uh, Russell Westbrook is the only player in NBA history with multiple scoring and assist titles. One of the greatest players we've ever seen. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So Russell Westbrook still currently a Laker, uh, but the reports today, two conflicting ones. And I think very important if you're a Laker fan first from Mark Sanchez, of the New York post. You ready for this? A source close to the Nets organization indicated Durant is Kevin Durant is not the only Nets star unhappy with the team's leadership. Saying, quote, Kyrie Irving hates these guys. He feels that Nash is terrible and Marks is bad. Came D- KD came to the same conclusion, a source said. That is coming to you from the New York Post. But then later today, Shams went on the Pat McAfee show and said, nope, like Kyrie's pretty much being a model citizen because he doesn't really have any other choice. And I'll play that sound for you right here. 
opted into his contract. He's he's committed to the Nets, and from everything I've been told, he's been doing everything behind the scenes. When you think about leadership, when you think he's worked out, he's, he's worked out with teammates. Um, you know, this off season, you know, continuing to have those conversations with Sean Mark, Steve Nash. Um, from from his side, you know, he's entering the last year of his deal. There's not really much of a place for him to really rock the boat. Um, I think what you're going to see from Kyrie Irving is just a level of high professionalism, and I think that's what. He's shown since he's opted in. Now, the other yes. side is this. Him and Kevin Durant are very close. This is something that everyone knows. And I think at the end of the day, whatever Kevin Durant wants to do, you know, go through with the trade requests, you know, have feelings this way or that way, he's going to always support Kevin Durant as a friend and his happiness. But as far as, you know, where this leaves him in the nets, I think whether Dur- Kevin Durant is traded or not, I think, you know, Kyrie Irving has an opportunity to still be a net. And I think – the, the the likelihood is still that right now the plan is for him to stay in that going to training camp in the season. Huh. All right, man. So there you go. New York Post says Kyrie hates both Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Sham Sharania says he's doing everything behind the scenes when you think about leadership, when you think he's worked out with teammates this offseason, having conversations with Marks, with Nash. He has been, he has shown a level of high professionalism. Regla, what do you think? I, I mean, it's just pretty glaring. Like the, between those conflicting reports, like um, you can probably pinpoint uh, which, who the source is for each of those. Like I'm sure the New York Post is probably getting information from the Brooklyn organization and Shams might be getting something from Kyrie directly to kind of paint him in a better light. But I mean, that's just how the NBA landscape media game is is played nowadays so i'm not saying Kyrie isn't doing all those things it does seem like he has kind of been around the organization a lot more lately i think he's been like like posting videos on instagram like him there in the facility and stuff like that so it sounds like he's fine with going back i just don't um i don't know i, I don't have a ton of credence in him like thinking he's just gonna be there without kd i think if kd's gone He's going to want out, but he also doesn't want to look bad in the process. He knows his reputation as a guy kind of like Russell Westbrook, who's kind of been on different teams a lot throughout these last few years. And he doesn't want to come out and look like the bad guy in this. Kyrie also doesn't really have a say in the matter. Yeah. I mean, let's just be for real. Like KD has forced the Nets hand. So I saw a lot of people replying to Joseph size tweet yesterday when he's like, I have uh, the utmost confidence in my front office. And we're going to do what's best for the Nets. And I saw a lot of Nets fans, it looked like, saying, I can't believe we're choosing Nash and and Marks over a top three player in the NBA. And I was like, I don't see it that way at all. I think Kevin Durant chose for you. I think Kevin Durant going so public with this was basically, you do, if you're Joseph Sy, you don't have a choice. Like at that point, you can't give a player that much empowerment, in my opinion. You can't give this player be like, all right, let's fire the GM and let's fire and let's fire the coach for you and then we'll do whatever you want. Like I think Kevin Durant has taken his power and used it. Whereas Kyrie who already has a bad reputation around the league, especially after this, this vaccine situation last year, however you believe in it, it was a situation. I don't think Kyrie has a choice because if he stays in Brooklyn, that's the place that give him the most money and he's going to want the most money. And if he's and if he's seen as a cancer, if he's seen as someone that's uh, going to ruffle the organization, no one's going to trade for him. Or you would think no one would trade for him. So I think Kyrie has to play a, a model citizen. And let's not forget, in contract years, players 
tend to do way better than they normally do. Yeah. Like uh, if say KD is traded tomorrow, like I don't just because Kyrie is doing and saying all the right things. I don't think that makes it any less likely that he gets traded. I think Brooklyn would be on full on rebuild mode at this point. And then a Kyrie really doesn't make sense on the roster anymore at that point. And um, yeah. So again, I, I think a lot of this is Kyrie saying or trying to, report through other other means that like i'm doing all the right things right now um i i want to get that next big contract so it's my best interest to report if i get traded hey it wasn't me i didn't ask for a trade because everything from the last like month has been basically him saying or people reporting that he's fine with going back to brooklyn he wants to be in brooklyn and um i don't know if that's actually the case but that's what's being reported right so that's the latest with the Lakers and the the Nets. I mean, it's all rumors right now. However, whoever you choose to believe, obviously it's pretty transparent who Shams is talking to. And I mean, who he's been talking to, you know, like, I mean, just look at when he opted in that, that tweets that he was sending out. So we'll see what happens. I don't know where KD is going to end up. I don't know where Kyrie's going to end up. I would say that the Lakers are still in it. If that's what they choose to go to, they're clearly waiting for something. Right. I feel like if they were going to go be aggressive about the buddy healed or they're going to go to Charlotte, they would have done it already. It looks like they're trying to wait this out as long as possible. Yeah. It sounds like that, that Indiana deal would have been done already. If they really wanted, wanted it to be done, they would have included that second first round pick. And I think Turner and buddy would be on the Lakers right now, but it seems like they're waiting out this Kyrie situation. And I think it's smart to do so. I think that buddy Turner trade is still going to be there now and I'll still be there in September. So let, let whatever happens in Brooklyn happen. And then you'll see where, where you, uh, where you go from there. I think it's pretty clear that Kyrie is probably their top priority right now. Yeah, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, something did come out today and we'll get to it as well, but Alex, you've been busy on silverscreenroll.com. Uh, we took last week off. We were on a little vacation ourselves, but last week you wrote a piece about Austin Reeves and his three point shooting. Uh, titled an investigation into Austin Reeves misleading three-point stroke. And then today you also wrote how Juan Toscano Anderson's passing versatility can add color to the Lakers offense. Tell us about what you wrote, man. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of film watching. Like I watched, oh man, I think like 215 Austin Reeves three-point attempts to, to write that piece. And basically uh, Reeves ended the year with a, a not so good three-point percentage and I kind of wanted to see if that was actually indicative of his skill or if that was just maybe him running into the rookie wall or something else happening. And, um, actually looking into like the numbers and the film, I got to, to get a better idea of, of his shot. And I, I think he's going to perform a lot better next year in that regard. And then with JTA, I, I, I didn't know a lot about him outside of watching a few Warriors games last year, but getting to watch more of him and stuff. And, um, I was really impressed with his passing. I, I think that's probably his strongest, skill set. I, I think he's a strong defender, but I, I think his passing is going to impress some people. And I think he'd be a really nice fit next to LeBron in terms of kind of like, like uh, slipping his screens and kind of um, operating out of the short roll area in the floor. So I, I think JTA can surprise some people in, in that regard. Um, how much do you think uh, JTA is going to be playing this year? It's a good question. I, I mean, some people were like, well, he's going to be the sixth man. Some people are going to be like, he's not going to see a lot, any minutes. So I think it all depends what happens with the rest of the roster. Um, but in, in terms of where it currently stands, like there's just not a lot of shooting right now. 
And, and it's really hard to play a guy like JTA. I think he shot 28% last year from three and play him in lineups where there's like three other non-shooters. So I, I think it's going to be tough, but like if he can show that he can defend and he, and he brings it on an energy level every day, like that Darvin Ham's going to love that. So I can see him like earning a spot strictly off, off that basis. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see because it's really hard to pre- kind of project what the Lakers like will look like. Cause we don't know what's going to happen with Russ. We don't know what return they're going to be getting with Russ. So it'll be really interesting to see how much these new guys that they brought in will play. Obviously once preseason comes around, we'll get maybe a little bit of a better idea as far as rotations go. But, uh, something that did come out today, which I found really interesting. Cause I, I don't know how you can project this ESPN came out with their 2023 win-loss records for every team in the NBA. And I mean every team in the NBA. So I'm going to start you off, Alex, and and get, because I, I already know what they projected them to be. What do you think ESPN is projecting the Lakers to be this year? Ooh, <laughs> uh, probably around like the bottom of the West, like in terms of the play in, playoff race, so probably like a 7-8 seed. So ESPN has projected the Lakers to finish 42 and 40. That would put them in the playing group as the ninth seed. I'm going to go through every single team and then we'll break it down. They have the Phoenix suns finishing number one at 56 and 26. Wow. Surprise already? There? I'm already surprised with that. Okay. The golden state warriors at number two going 55 and 27. Wait, how many wins did uh, they have Phoenix? 56 and 26. Okay. They have the Golden State Warriors at 55 and 27. They have the Denver Nuggets at 53 and 29. The four seed as the Grizzlies, 51 and 31. This one's surprising because I think people are probably expecting to be a little better, but the Clippers at 50 and 32 as the five. And the Mavericks at 49 and 33 as the 60. So Suns, Warriors, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers, Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I, I, I mean, I would probably tinker with the ordering, but um, at, just immediately out of that group, I'm kind of really high on Denver this year. I, I think if Jamal Murray can show that he's healthy and if Michael Porter Jr. can somehow like stay on the floor, I really like what they did. Like, in terms of free agent and off-season moves, like KCP, I think is going to be really good there for them. Uh, Bruce Brown Jr. should be really good also there for them. Um, and the Clippers, I think it, that'd be a disappointment if they they make it there. I think a lot of people are pre- predicting them to be a potential title favorite. So yeah. um, I'm just lower on Phoenix, I think, after this whole ordeal this off-season. Again, it's kind of weird to do these projections now especially if like there's a way they also get Kevin Durant there or something. But um, yeah, like I I think as currently constructed, I wouldn't say the Lakers are better in terms in the regular season. I think they can probably beat some of those teams in a postseason matchup, maybe if things go right. But I I think it does prove that the Lakers still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So in the play-in group, they have the Timberwolves as the seventh seed going 49 and 33. The New Orleans Pelicans going 43 and 39 as the eight seed. Then, like I said, the Lakers at 42 and 40. And they have the Blazers with a significant losing record at 35 and 47 to be the 10 seed. I kind of like what the Blazers did this offseason, too. Like, there's, I think last year the West was actually pretty down 
And I thought the Lakers, they kind of had a real shot there, even in a low, in a, you know, disappointing year to really kind of go far in the playoffs if things shook right. But I, I think listing off all these teams, I, I do like a lot of these teams. And I think the West is going to be a lot tougher this year. So I could see why people are a little lower on the Lakers regular season standing, but um, yeah, like even a team like, like Minnesota, like you add a Rudy Gobert, I know he, he doesn't have a lot of fans <laughs> uh, outside of Utah, but um, that's still usually wherever he goes, that's like a top five defense immediately. And you have a guy like Cat and Anthony Edwards. I, it's going to be really tough for the Lakers to kind of make a lot of ground if this is the roster going, they're going to the year with. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting. But yeah, you're right, man. To project the Lakers to be anything right now is a really interesting thing because, I mean, that's as they stand. But how many people think that's the way they're going to stand when it really comes down to it? I don't think there's any way this is yeah. the final product. I, I mean, maybe the worst case scenario, things have a change at the trade deadline like the furthest into the year that this is still the team it is. But as it stands, I don't think anyone within the organization or players or coaches thinks this is good enough to, to contend. So um, yeah, I think it all starts with whatever happens with Russ. Yeah, I definitely think. And then also too, and I know this is kind of like cliche to say, you can't predict injury, pre project injuries, predict mm-hmm. injuries, but with the Lakers, you kind of have to, you know, if you're, if you're talking about previewing the Lakers, how can you not talk about the health of Anthony Davis? Like, Anthony Davis plays 82 games. I think with Russell Westbrook, they're a significantly better team. Yeah. I think that's just like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I think if Anthony Davis is healthy for 82 games, the Lakers are a legit much better team, regardless of who else is on there. I'd say if LeBron and AD together can play like 60 games, just those two together, regardless of who else is there, who's healthy, I think they're way better than they were last year. I think so many times... One guy came back from the injury. The other guy got hurt. He had to sit down. It was always a combination of two guys of the big three. And sometimes just one of those guys. Sometimes, a lot of the time it was just Russ. And then it, we saw how that went. So, yeah, I, I think we just still haven't seen the LeBron AD pairing as much as we did that championship year. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever will, to be honest with you. And I think that's, you know, the pessimist in me. But uh, Anthony Davis has proven through his career that that's it's, it's part of him. It's, it's part of him. It's, it's his biggest knock, but it's true. I mean, if he's not available, then there's not much you can do about that. And, you know, and let's be fair, the 2020 season that they won the championship, there was a three month break, four month break in the middle of the season where he got to recover fully and be ready for that play if playoff push, which they were awful in the regular end of the regular season. And then they had a great, uh, you know, championship run, but I don't think you can throw that part away that Anthony Davis got to recuperate and relax for three or four months. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what do you think of this list? Do you think the Lakers deserve to be higher? No, no. You think they're no. right where they I should just, be? Yeah. I think that when you look at this roster, just as it stands, does it scream, you know, top six to you? I think if things shake, right. They could be top six. I, I just, but beyond that, I, again, that's if you're going into the season with that mindset that things have to shake right to be a potential five, six seed, then you know you did something wrong this offseason. Like yeah. that, that's why I'm so sure like there has to be another move or two coming still. I think that when you look at last year's, I'm so jaded from last year's team, obviously, yeah. but 
what Palenka did was make a younger, worse shooting version of that team. So how can I think they're going to be much better? It's just strictly health, but it's like baseball. Nowadays in baseball, if you don't hit home runs as a team, you're not going to be that good. You just have to hit home runs in baseball. In basketball, you have to make threes to be good. It's just a modern game. Or, or be elite defensively. Like the Lakers weren't like they were maybe like a top 10 three point percentage team. I think in, in that, in that uh, season, they won the title and then they took a pretty big dip in the bubble before going into the actual playoffs. But uh, people forget they were top two defense all year that year. And they had buy-in from day one. I don't know if we can predict or project this team as currently constructed to be a top 10 defense again. But if you're not, like you said, if you're not going to have beat an elite shooting team, you then definitely have to be an elite defensive team. And if you're bad at both, then yeah, you, you really have no shot. Has there been any reports or has there been any interviews or anything to um, how much emphasis Darvin Ham puts into defense? Obviously we know what Vogel praised and pushed, you know, he was a defensive minded coach. Is there, are we expecting that similar emphasis on that? Yeah, it sounds like for for the most part, he is like a defense first guy. Like he he definitely has his offensive prints, like his principles on offense, like the the four out one in system and all that stuff. But I think um, he definitely is going to be hard nosed in terms of pushing these guys to compete on defense. And in that those um, player introductions, a lot of the free agents said like that was one of the first things Ham kind of preached to them. Like Lonnie Walker said, "I'm coming in here to play defense." which knowing like if you've watched Walker in the past, like that hasn't been a big part of his game. So it sounds like that's what they're preaching, but getting that preaching that and then getting the results on the, on the floor is another thing. Yeah. So it'll be, I mean, what do you think about 42 and 40? Is that, how about this? Let me ask it a different way. Is that a successful season? No, no. I mean, I mean, I don't, again, it's the Lakers. I I mean, it's an improvement. It is an improvement. And I, I think like that is not nothing when it comes to this team, they definitely have to kind of turn a corner here and get back on winning and kind of building those winning habits. So it's not going to be like a major disappointment if they lose out in the playoffs, but if, if, if their ceiling is like a five seed, maybe a four seed like that, again, I, I don't know how you go into a season kind of thinking that's okay. I got Rob Plinkin knows his job is likely on the line if they have another season as they had last year. So no, I wouldn't consider it a, a success if that's where they, where they finish. Yeah. I don't think so either. And I don't think anybody would be happy if you're battling to be a playing seat again. And then it's, it comes at a time. Not, I mean, I don't, do you think LeBron signs the extension? Do you think LeBron plays out the season? Like, cause that could put an influence onto what he does in the future. If he doesn't sign an extension and he plays the season and he's battling to be a playing team, like, why would he stay here? He's definitely going to hold that over them. Like that, yeah. that's not, I don't think that gets settled or agreed upon until a trade happens. I yeah. think once a trade happens with Russ for, and even if a, a trade does happen and it's not the trade LeBron wants, like it'd be interesting to see how he, how he views it. Like say they make a trade for Turner and Heels and he really wants Kyrie and say they start off really slow in the season. I think that's probably a bad sign in terms of how he views like the team long-term, but say they trade for Kyrie and things go well, I think we might see an extension pretty soon after that. But again, I don't think anything happens uh, until whatever happens in Brooklyn. 
Yeah. It, there's so many question marks going into the season that I don't know how even the most optimistic Laker fan could be like, yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great year. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I've thought about it. And I like, how can you even spin it into a positive? I don't know. I think because the team's just so incomplete at this point, like yeah. I know they have a full roster as, yeah. as Stan, I think they have like one roster spot. Like this is the team in, in, in for the most part, but I just think like in terms of at the top, in terms of those, that starting lineup, there's just so much still in flux that it's just really hard to get excited or pessimistic because I think even like a skeptic about the Lakers being able to trade Russ has to feel like they're going to do something with him, even mm-hmm. if it's for a lesser package. Like there's, there's going to be a move somewhere at some point. And then, you know, I think the last time we talked, we talked about like, well, what if Kendrick Nunn turns into the guy that, that we wanted him to be? And what, and now he can't even, he's not even cleared to, to, for, for five on five yet. Like when I saw that report over the weekend or last week, I was like, what do you mean? He's not cleared. He hasn't played basketball like in two years. He's definitely going to be a guy where I don't, I'm not going to get excited or down until I actually see him on the floor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I honestly, I'm I'm not, not even counting on him in terms of being like a Anything? contributor yet until yeah. he shows that he can. Like he's healthy enough. I mean, how and, could yeah. anybody like expect that at this point? That's the thing. They're gonna need again if this is the roster. Even if it's not the roster, they're gonna need a lot of these guys to have close to career years. I, I think. I think Austin Reeves needs to take a big step. A guy like Tht, if he's still on the team, needs to have a really big bounce back year. Uh, for individually for himself and for the team. And uh, again, Kendrick Nunn going into a contract year would do himself a lot of favors if he can show that he's healthy for one and that he's the player he showed he could be in Miami. Yeah. I think it would be a massive bonus or like almost like a a gift. If Kendrick Nunn could actually give you anything at this point, you know, because like, like it's a, I don't want him to be a total dick, but it's like expecting it. Anticipating Anthony Davis to play 82 games is not going to happen. The same, like, like I'm almost at the same level, you know, like I'm, I'm not expecting that and I'm not expecting anything as of yet from Kendrick Dunn, but who knows by the time training camp comes around in preseason, maybe he'll be able to do something. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Alex at Alex M regular on Twitter. Go check out his work on silverscreenandroll.com. Did you say these were the longest things that you wrote this offseason? Yeah, easily. And it's weird that it's coming this late into the, the summer. But weirdly, like when there's nothing going on in terms of basketball, it does give you more time to kind of like geek out and like focus on a really, really specific thing. Because otherwise, those numbers or that, that film gets changed from a game-to-game basis that you can't look at something from a big, bigger like scope because that's just going to change next game. So this does weirdly give me a lot more time to kind of like look at these more niche things. So yeah, these are actually been probably two of my favorite things I've written all year. So uh, yeah, if you guys want to check awesome. it out, they're up on silver screen and roll. Silver screen at Alex M regular on Twitter wrote about Austin Reeves's uh, three point stroke and Juan Toscano Anderson's uh, passing. So go check those out. Um, you always write awesome stuff, dude. So I want to send everybody that way and we appreciate everybody tuning in as always uh you can listen on spotify apple google i mean you're already listening but you can subscribe in any of those places and make sure like i said check out serviceScreenroll.com for all the latest news and updates when it comes to the lake show alex always appreciate it uh we'll talk to you back when you're back in school next week but uh <laughs> hopefully it goes over smoothly man 
We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, man.